You are listening to episode 239 of Game Deflators Podcast. My name is John, and I'm joined by Brian. Hey, everybody here at the Game Deflators Podcast. We like to talk about games we've recently picked up, games we're currently playing, and we got access to an exclusive inside demo on this week's Inflation Deflation Challenge. So this week we're talking about Lies of P. I got it right, Ryan. I didn't say Life of Pi. Yeah. Uh, so the demo came out uh, during this uh, week's Summer Games Fest, right? Summer Games Fest. And yeah, we'll talk about the inflation deflation segment. I thought it was fun. Yeah, it's don't worry. Good. This uh, this demo is not so exclusive that you cannot get access to it as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if we got access, you got access. Don't worry. I was trying to make right. a little lies of me in there for the the opener, but <laughs> are you a puppet, Ryan? Are you a puppet uh, or are you I a mean, human? You're pulling the strings here, John. You're the one who's got me on here. Oh man. All right. So uh, before we kick it off, you can find us on thegamedeflators.com. Realize I did not say our out of date website. So all good there. Did you guys know um, how to get something that isn't out of date? In date? You just remove the date altogether. No more remove- dates. No out of date. <laughs> I, I straight up was like, you know what? We're not messing with our reviews on here. Um, it's just two of us, right? If it's we had a, a third landing person, page. It, it, pretty much. If we had a third person, you know, that like all they did was handle the that tech guy. Stuff. Yeah. A tech we guy. need a guy in the chair. Yeah, that's all we need. So we just need one guy to just like, that's all they do. They just do the website. They transcribe stuff. Uh, so if you'd like to apply and get pats on the back as payment, uh, contact us. Uh, you can also find us on social media at the Game Deflators on Instagram and Facebook at Game Deflators on Twitter. We're also on YouTube, so search up the Game Deflators on there. And of course, you are listening to a podcast on a podcast application. Leave us a five star review uh, if you have not. And uh, if you have, go find another podcast app and leave us a five star review on there. We're pretty much everywhere. Okay. Uh, recent pickups. Ryan, I finally just bit the bullet and I picked up a new TV. Yeah. Yeah. So I got a Sony, Sony Bravia Master Series uh, model A90J. It's a 55 inch OLED, 120 hertz refresh rate. A few years ago, this was one of the top TVs apparently on the market in terms of OLEDs. So it was on sale and I had to put it on a Best Buy credit card. There you go. So, yeah, I figure I'll pay what, like 100 bucks a month for the next uh, 10 months or something. Pay it off. We'll be good. Um, But dude, it's nice. So it actually upscales automatically. Mm -hmm. So I have my PS3 automatically upscaled on there. Uh, My PS4 HDR 120 hertz refresh rate 4K. Absolutely beautiful. Looks great. Life of Pi. Lies of Pi. See? (laughs) Lies of P. Lies of P. Yeah. So it uh, it was great. It all looked fantastic on there. and uh, I didn't play any other games that are not on there, but I did start a PS3 game called White Knight Chronicles. So that one, if you all are not familiar, is by I've Level seen Five. This box art. Yeah, you probably have. Like, it looks it's, like a Digimon. It's like eh, okay reviews, but I like it so far. Uh, so it is created by the creators of Dark Cloud, uh, Level Five, and this was supposed to be like their big RPG on PS3. I think it's exclusive to PlayStation Three. And it was supposed to be this huge like ordeal and and ended up not being the best RPG ever, apparently. 
Uh, but I'm enjoying it. I mean, like graphically on this TV because of the upscaling, it actually looks pretty fantastic. So I'm happy with that. Um, the only thing I've got so far that I'm not a big fan of is like the combat system's a little wonky. It's like you have like this bar that goes across during combat where you can kind of slot in your different things that you want to do, which is fine, right? Like normally in an RPG, you'll have slots of things that you can do and different items and magic abilities and whatnot. But like it's action slash turn-based to an extent. And what I mean by that is if I want to slash an enemy, I have a little bar that comes up or a little circle and it loads slash and I have to hang out and the enemy can, of course, attack me, multiple enemies. And that's it. You attack and then it reloads slash and then your other companions are with you and they have combat abilities or tactics that you can issue. Right. So, oh, I want you to only focus on healing. I want you to only focus on magic or I want you to go all out or I want you to be conservative. That type of deal. The other issue I'm having at the game right now is it starts off by saying, make your own character in this lush environment and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So like I make my own character, right? And so my character enters a scene and he just shakes his head and nods and doesn't speak at all. At like nothing, right? And so I'm like, well, that's kind of stupid. And then the entire story is focused on this other main character called Leonard. So I have my character who is really a secondary character. I'm like, well, why did you even have me make a character if he's going to be secondary? Right. Well, it's so one generally, thing. Well, a lot of times when you make a character, they're not going to be like fully voiced or something, especially I, in the PS3 era. I, I get it. But like, basically, as you're going through the game, it always defaults to Leonard as the main character, right? So like, I'd think with like Oblivion and Skyrim and Fallout and those games, right? Like, yes, I totally get it. You're not going to have dialogue where your character is going to speak, right? And you're on your own in those missions and things that are occurring, but you're always a focal point in the main character, right? Bloodborne, Dark Souls, all that. Yes, they're individual games. They're not an RPG, but that's just really, well, they are RPGs, but they're not JRPG, three characters in a party type of deal. And so... It's just weird to me that like you create this character and then you're playing as another character all the time and your character you made is just kind of in the background doing nothing like hmm. just level them up and that's it. Like there's just no focal point to that character so far. It's just the main character story and you're just kind of there to be there. So and all the cutscenes, every cutscene has my character in it. So you'd think that they would have had just like some generic voice acting that would go to that character, right? But they don't. So it's it's kind of interesting. And so it's not how like much research did you do before you chose this game? Uh, so this is a game that's been on my list for a very long time, actually. Um, did you look I, up reviews or I, I did. I did reviews. Well, I didn't dive deep into reviews, but like reviews are in the like 60s out of 100 and 70s occasionally it's not the most highly reviewed rpg like ever uh but it's a 20 to 25 hour rpg so it's right in the wheelhouse of what i want to play right now um the world is very much like that medieval style world so it kind of is like a throwback to some of the final fantasy games i play years past uh so i that's kind of what i was looking for and i didn't want to dive into like another tactical or another ps1 rpg which is you know lower quality graphics like it was cool to say hey i'm going to play a ps3 rpg so that's the route i went and i'm 
by all means, I'm not angry at the game. I like the game. The story is actually pretty good. There's just a few things that are just, like I said, the main character weird. thing and creating a character is just super weird. And then the combat system is kind of odd. I will say the dungeons are long as all hell. Like right now I'm in this like big plane and it's very linear as far as where you go, but it's not like random battles there. All the enemies are kind of around, right? Mm. So like at any point, if an enemy's there, you're going to engage a battle and there's no real way around it. So that's, that kind of sucks to an extent. But you can uh, but see them kinda... wandering the map. It's not like random battles. Yeah, it's not like random battles. Like you literally see red dots on the map as you're going through. And you're like, oh, okay, that's an enemy. Um, yeah, it's it's not bad. Like it's it's an okay RPG right now, but the story is actually pretty good. Like I, I do enjoy the story. I would say the story is definitely, you know, if I had to compare it to like Cardia that I had just played, I would say this is actually a better story so far than Cardia. And I've only played like two or three hours so far. So how about yourself? Not much on my front this week. Honestly, I really haven't had much time to play Zelda. So I fear that I'm kind of getting to that point where it's like I've had the game for a few weeks. I'm not playing it every day. I'm not even playing it every other day at this point. So like it's starting to slip through my fingers a little bit. So I'm going to try to keep up with that some more and Hopefully not let it drop out of my grasp just yet, because there's still a lot to do in that game. Uh, and then I need to get started on the Summer Game Challenge. I'm staring at that game sitting on my uh, table back here every day, and I just haven't gotten around to plug the PS3 back in. I had the PS3 plugged in forever, and then I set up the Wii to play Pikmin, and then <laughs> I took the PS3 away, so now I need to switch it back. Well, the good thing for you is you got about four months because Arizona summer is not exactly like. Yeah, right. I got you know, at least through November. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Well, now you got. And that'll leave me October. still a month to finish my actual new games resolution. I think I think we'll give you until the last uh, hundred degree day of the year. Okay. Like if it's a if it's 100 degrees and then like a week passes, then you miss your time. Like that's your last slot. Oh, you know, what? I do have um, an update for you. Uh, remember I was trying to tell you about, um, oh yeah, Shadows of the Damned. That's a game that I should have recommended. That's a game you should get. They just announced this week that they're going to do a remake. Oh, sweet. So I don't have to buy the original PS3 one that's like 50 something dollars. Yeah. You can buy the new one that's $70. Yeah, but it'll go on sale. So it's all good. (laughs) I don't know. Who knows if it'll be 70 bucks. It might be like a $40 release. Yeah. Who knows? Never know. So, yeah, um, that's all I got going on this week. I know. Lame, short, whatever. Uh, Yeah, you got to play some Pikmin and some Darkness. So when you play Darkness, I may jump on and play Darkness 2. I might do that. And I'd be like, spoilers (laughs) the whole way through. (laughs) All right. Uh, Well, let's uh, jump into a little discussion topic. So uh, I don't know if we talked D&D last week, but we talked D&D probably the week before. Uh, since we do sessions like every other week for my session on Strixhaven. But uh, I had you guys involved in a heist recently. This was ridiculous. I loved it. It was Yeah, fantastic. I'm sure you watched, liked watching us squirm. But this was the classic scenario of the DMs like, here's a heist. You guys got to do this thing. And then we spend the next like two hours overthinking 
a very simple scenario and just going way too in-depth and wasting so much time talking and planning and not really accomplishing anything. And then by the time we get around to actually doing the thing, it's like, oh, that was actually relatively simple. And we probably could have gotten through a lot more content. Well, and I could have let you guys go with like your 100% original plan that Joel was trying to bring up, but I was like, hmm, you guys might want to reconsider. Like I had to jump in as a DM because I'm like, man, if I don't jump in here, they're going to TPK themselves somehow. Yeah. Like it was one of the, and there was, yeah. Like, so basically there's like this stone that's going to turn into a mini Cthulhu and destroy this like plane that they're on. And nobody believed like the scientist or this doctor who was like, no, it's totally like a Cthulhu and you guys got to kill it and get rid of it or we have to seal it. And they're like, no, no, it's not. We're going to put on display in this museum and it's going to be great. You're banned from the party now. And so I had the entire group go to a gala for this and then like plan a heist around the gala and then break in. And I don't know why, but I mentioned several times that there are traps and there are alarms and there are things that will seal doors shut. And for some strange ass reason, when I said there are several guards who will be in said room, the group is like, we're going to burn a giant hole of acid in the wall where the stone is at. I'm like, so you mean a tiny hole? We were mini. No, no. Joel was like, and then, but okay, you guys are mini. How are you going to get a giant like four by five cube of Cthulhu through a mini hole? You'd have to burn a giant hole. We were going to get in the bag of holding. Don't work like that, sir. You'd have to be big to put in the bag of holding. The bag of holding. We had enough doses that they were going to go into the room, get big, stash it, get small, and get out. That eh. was the plan. Was the plan, but there were multiple guards in there. So multiple guards, like... multiple secret entrances that were all pointed out clearly on the map we were given. And John's like, "How'd you guys know there's a secret door there?" It's like, it says oh on the map you gave us. <laughs> Well, no. Okay. So yeah, you guys were given a heist map and somebody had scouted it out already. So yeah, you guys had a little bit of like, oh, is there a secret closet here? Or is this here? It's a level one yeah. heist, right? That's but I the had problem. To it... We were doing a level one heist, but we were thinking level eight. <laughs> yeah. And you guys were like level two. The yeah. problem is there was a lot of guards, but I, I thought it was pretty fun overall, like the whole gala and what was going on there. I had to throw you guys a few bones. Like there were some weapons that you could pick up, obviously, where I was like, hey, you know, you didn't check out this area or no, you did. And I forgot to call out like you see to a hand axe and a dagger. type. She of got them. Tara. Yeah, she got them. She got them in the end. But like, I forgot to call that out specifically. I'm like, oh, fuck, I got earlier. I got to note this out for her. But I did like you guys jumping into the cloaca of an animatronic T-Rex. <laughs> And controlling it on the inside. That was fantastic. Um, and then, of course, the sneaking around. Like, I was thinking, uh, have you gotten to dress? Yeah, you got to dress Rosa, right? In One Piece? Yeah. You know the little people? I forget yeah. their names. Yeah. So as, like, you guys were little and, like, scurrying about, that's all that was in my head was, like, oh, they're, like, the little people from Dress Rosa. <laughs> like, they're scurrying around, like, hiding around corners and stuff. So that was that was pretty fun uh, to have you guys do all that. But... Uh, I thought it was pretty good. You know, you guys had some good role play in there. You guys uh, were able to do the uh, the fake ticket, right? And then uh, the arrest of Mako Dralfoy um, or Virian Blackwood, which is interesting. And now I got to figure out where the hell we go from here. So should be good. Any thoughts on a music selection, though? Uh, I mean, I think that you do a really good job with setting up the mood and everything in the session. I feel like you're trying to cite something specific that I don't remember or went over my head, though. 
Pink Panther theme song. Oh, the Pink Panther. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Yeah. I like using audio as like a specific kind of clue into like the mood and everything in D and D. That was always like a really fun part for me was to like I would get like kind of a song that I thought would like capture like the mood of the session to like either end on or or start at the beginning. Yeah. I actually we had a, a battle for Avernus where I had like this giant Baylor basically that I it was a Baylor technically stat wise, but it was a greater devil is what I called it. And it was Joel's devil that he uses a warlock, right? And so they had to go into this big battle with him. And I had the theme music for Doom, actually. Mm. You know, so like all the crazy drums and guitar and everything that goes with that. And so it was just like this really badass setting. And of course, like right when it closes out, they killed the Baylor and the Baylor explodes because that's what they do when they die. And there was one person that remained that didn't get TPK'd. Uh, everybody else obviously was knocked out. And so it was just cool that like that last note of the music hits and then boom, he blows up and there's flames everywhere. Just perfect time. Like this is perfect timing for all of it. Uh, So yeah, you're right, man. Like music in D&D, I think is it's even more so important than visual in my mind. So like if you were just going theater of the mind, but you had like a tavern and you had like funky tavern music going in the background. Does a lot. That to me does a lot more than just like, Oh, you have a great looking map, right? Like you could have, you could have a whole big elaborate setup of like 3d printed buildings and everything else. And like, that's super cool. But if you don't have the music, it doesn't set the mood, right? Well, I wonder how they used to do it. Like back in the day, like, would you sit there next to your like record player and like pull out your like top vinyl tracks and skip over to that part in the song? Like we've got such an advantage in that way that technology makes things like that. So easy. I mean, Back when I was doing DM stuff, like I had like a whole website with like soundboard of like, here's all the creepy forest noises and music and stuff that you could ever want. Now I'm just like YouTube music, forest noises. That's it. We're good. Uh, You know, I think back then, I mean, obviously we weren't playing back then because we probably weren't born uh, when it was being played. Uh, But I know giant pieces of paper with drawn out squares. Right. Like it was and it was mainly dungeon crawling. If you well, think about it, I, don't I think was, it was like talking specifically about like the audio portion, like being such oh, an audio. advantage that well, we have I, now. Yeah, I, I get you. Maybe they had like some guy in the background playing a flute. <laughs> Gary, like, hey. you're on flute duty tonight. Uh, oh, but like, I wanted to play. You chose to be a bard. OK, you're you're a bard. <laughs> it's that an A minor. I hear that's not right. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm all for it with the music and D&D. And um, if you guys have any requests for music, of course, not on the podcast, Ryan and, and the group. If you guys have any requests, always feel free to ask or pass me something. And I will maybe make it happen, kind of like a DJ, right? There we go. John, I want this to be the battle music in our next DJ DM. Sure, that works out. <laughs> all right. Let's look at some of the big news from the week. We had the big game reveals and trailers at the Summer Game Fest 2023. Uh, We also have the Xbox Games Showcase of 2023. So there's leaks and rumors and predictions. And then (laughs) this is pretty funny. Uh, Data shows that most Switch owners are women and gamers reacted as you would think gamers would react poorly. All right. First one here is Polygon. It is Austin Goslin. This is a big game reveals for uh, Summer Games Fest. So, did you have a chance to watch the Summer Game Fest, or did yeah, you just kind of go back and check the trailers? 
I watched a majority of it. Um, See Nick Cage? It was like, uh, I, you know what? I actually skipped that. I was not interested oh, in that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was fun. I was, like, I mean, you know, he did the Nick Cage stuff that you want him to do coming on stage and like being present. And I mean, it was definitely trying to like write off that Keanu energy from, you know, E3 a few years ago. And I think that it was probably eye opening in a way. And I think mostly for Nick. I think that him getting into a video game is going to lead into him being in a lot of video games. Like imagine yeah. Nick Cage's prolific, you know, film career, but now translated into video games. Like I want to see Nick Cage as like DLC fighter for MK one. I want to see Nick Cage in like the next uncharted, just hanging out in the background. <laughs> I want to see hey. him as a selectable racer in the next GT, uh, Gran Turismo game. You didn't know that he uh, he's actually the lead in the new Grand Theft Auto? Like, oh, in really? Miami? Yeah, there we go. Yeah, no. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, what's that Bloodborne too? Wait a second. That face looks very familiar. <laughs> yeah. So maybe we'll see more of Cage in the future. But we did get to see a lot of really dope stuff. Um, I th yeah. think that the opener for this was so strong and interesting and a great, great secret to just pop out there because like we were all so disappointed by the reveal of the Prince of Persia remake a few years ago. It looked awful. It got so much flack. It's been delayed. And then for them to just come out with like, Hey, guess what? Here's like a Metroidvania kind of throwback to the original Prince of Persia style that looks sick as fuck. Like yeah. that was really compelling looking. Like I definitely want to get my hands and play that one. Didn't we yeah, play some one... of the original Prince of Persia on the podcast once? Yeah, we played the original one on the NES. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I like that one. I thought that was a very nice surprise. Like I it was in the morning for me before work. So typically what I do with a lot of these shows is luckily YouTube kind of chapters it out, right? So I can kind of see like what games are on there and what reveals I want to see. Mm -hmm. And that was one where I'm like, Prince of Persia. What the hell's going on? And it's not because I skipped to the chapter. I was actively watching the first like 15, 20 minutes as I was like doing dishes and stuff yeah, in my house. Yeah. And I paused and I was like just watching Prince of Persia on screen. I'm like, this is actually pretty sick. Um, yeah, I liked that. Uh, that was a nice surprise for sure. Mortal Kombat 1, dude, I'm stoked for that. That's actually probably the first Mortal Kombat I'll buy like in a while. Did you, Yeah, the last one I bought was uh, the like, Mortal Kombat from 2009 or 10 or whatever on the 360. Me and my friends played a ton of that one. The one that kind of like rebooted the series and told like the first three games or something again. And I think that like I really dig the direction they're going with for MK1 here in like making Liu Kang the fire god and doing like kind of like a whole new universe and like remixing the same characters like it's it's a fighting game so people don't really expect you to have to put a whole lot of effort in but mortal kombat's kind of done really good i, I haven't played the last couple games but they've always kind of been compelling story-wise you know they translated into more movies than any other game franchise i think like there's a lot to mortal kombat without it really even needing that kind of depth and i'm excited to see that kind of thing happen here and maybe even to see that translate to some other game stuff down the road like some of these old tired franchises that have just been through you know so many iterations like 
take those familiar characters and mix them up in different ways. I mean, the comic industry has been doing that for a long time, you know, like how many different Spider-Mans are there with how many different origins and stuff. And like, it may just be like a one-off comic series and it might not go into the long-term canon, but it gives us something different and fun to mess around with. Well, to answer your Spider-Man question, it's technically infinite, I think, because of all of the multiverse worlds. Well, I'm going to check out that movie this afternoon, so I'll let you know. Oh, nice. Yeah, let me know for sure. I'm so Um, pumped. Let's see. What else was there that I liked? Uh, Sonic Superstars. Yeah, that actually looked pretty cool. I mean, going back to and with it being a new game, technically, but going throwing it back to like the old Sega style where it's just, you know, straight up side scrolling. Uh, that was pretty cool. That was a nice little uh, little gift there from Sega. Um, Twisted Metal, I was kind of <laughs> iffy with. Like, I don't know I how I feel about Sweet middle. Tooth singing. People yeah, were I don't know. really ragging on it, saying that it was like really cringe, but it was almost like just the right amount of cringe. And I like Anthony like, Mackie. He's funny. It's like what you would expect Sweet Tooth to do, though. Like sing yeah. the thong song with as he's beating somebody up. Like it makes total sense. Um, I do think it's pretty cool. The body is Samoa Joe, though, mm-hmm. for Sweet Tooth. So like you you have, you know, your physical actor being Samoa Joe, and then you've got the voice actor kind of doing the voice of Sweet Tooth, which is pretty interesting. Uh, I don't know how I feel about it, though. I mean, I'm going to have to see a little bit more yeah. trailer wise to get excited, because that to me. Like they went for like the funny aspect, right, to try and reveal this and have yeah. like, this really cool thing, but with twisted metal, you almost would rather see like some like real fighting and some blood and well, some heads bashing and that type no, of stuff. Show me it. cars with missiles. That's what twisted metal is like for the well, first yeah. reveal. That's what they should have shown is people flipping cars, shooting rockets. Maybe the, I don't even remember who's the silver haired evil guy. That's like granting somebody's wish at the end. I don't remember when they win, but like show me some stuff like that. One scene was fine to show, but it just wasn't really, anything twisted metal except for sweet tooth like other than that there was nothing that said twisted metal about it yeah i mean you kind of have to you're not going to have a whole shard it's showed it's all cars right it's just not going to happen you have to have some sort of depth and storytelling so i do agree with you though there should have been some elements of like sweet tooth's ice cream truck right that should have been kind of portrayed there maybe it's him like beating the shit out of somebody and then like he leaves in his sweet tooth vehicle Right. Like that would have been pretty cool or showing the scene, but showing an actual trailer for the show, too, because this wasn't a trailer for the show. This was just an excerpt from an episode that we got to see. So, like, maybe if you had, you know, front loaded it with like a twisted metal trailer showing clips and stuff and then had that as like finishing it off, that might have done a little more. Yeah. So I'm kind of going based off your list here because you actually pulled out everything that I was kind of mildly excited about. Yeah. Uh, Sandlands for sure. That looks dope. I'm so interested to see. I'm not a big fan of like cell shaded games, but this actually sold me. Well, I I mean, Akira Toriyama's like dragon quest games and stuff have been like so popular and in that art style for so long like i think everybody initially was like okay another dragon quest game got it and then it's like but dbz world type setting was like whoa wait a second yeah so to see that i didn't even know he had like a whole other i know he has other comics besides 
you know, Dragon Ball, but like to, I've never heard of Sandland. So to know that this is based off of like some existing IP gives me hope that like maybe the story will be like really interesting and compelling. And, you know, maybe this game will have some cool stuff to show off. Like I've never really been too into the Dragon Quest games. I like the Dragon Quest uh, monster games. Um, yeah. So I always love that art style. So I'm, I'm really interested to see this one, actually. Yeah. Probably, yeah, probably the most. Too. Yeah, that this is one that definitely my attention has uh, has been diverted to it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but of course, you know, really kind of finishing things off um, was Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, right? And on two discs. We're getting two discs, Ryan. That's good. Uh, yeah, it, it looked pretty good overall like i'm seeing comparisons from people like look at xenoblade chronicles 3 and look at final fantasy 7 and like picking and choosing like all these super busy scenes in this game and i'm like no <laughs> like there's no comparison uh between those two titles but it looks pretty sweet um i mean it's pretty much taking what was what disc two and expanding it out to like 40 flipping hours you know oh, like yeah. that kind of that kind of pisses me off a little bit because i would anticipate like i only want to put in you know, 50 hours of gameplay max, maybe 60 into a game like this. And you're going to be forcing me to play like 120 hours instead because of all the discs and all the content that's being built out here when you literally could have just done like a straight out regular old remake. You you just play the original then. No, because it doesn't have the same graphics. The other thing here is I think that they confirmed that you don't need to play the first one. What? So I, that's the one thing that I was really wondering is like, how is a like multi-series game like this, but with a JRPG going to translate your level and skills and everything that you did. So like how much of what we do in this game is going to translate to the third title. I mean, I would anticipate you would have multiple options. You would have an option to care. Well, yeah, it'd be like the dot hack series and how they handled that. So with dot hack, I think you had the ability to transfer over your weapons and everything else from like the first games or start from scratch. If I recall correctly, mm-hmm. like, I don't think you had to start with like your original, like everything you could start. So the game's zero. just balanced around you either being level 60 or being level one. If I recall correctly. Yeah. Kind of like well, a new at game least in, plus mode right off the bat, sort of. At least in dot hack, I think you got to choose certain worlds that were higher levels than others. It wasn't like a, you know, oh, I have to go to this level right now in this world with all of these monsters that are high power. Like you could choose to level up in different areas if I remember correctly. So I don't know how it would work with this, but obviously we're talking PS2 versus PS5 era of gaming. So I would think the game would actually kind of scale as needed for you. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't know enough about it yet. I haven't even played the first Final Fantasy VII remake because I'm waiting for everything else to get done. Mm-hmm. So I don't intend on playing these games. I mean, maybe I will, but I don't intend on playing these games, you know, over the next few years leading up to the, the third and final installment, hopefully third and final installment. Where does this fit into Angela's playing through games? Like, is she going to have to play the Final Fantasy VII remake series before she can move on to eight? Well, she hasn't been playing a lot of games recently. Yeah, right. She hasn't been playing a lot of games recently because of a baby. Yeah. Um. So she's been playing Hogwarts Legacy. That's, That's been true. her title. Yeah. Um. But she hasn't played a lot of it because gets home, works out, does a few things, 
plays with the baby, goes, picks him up. Like there's not a whole ton of time to play games except on weekends. So usually she'll play on like Sunday while we record, Mm -hmm. uh, but she's sick today. So she's not playing any games today. Um, That's usually to go to for her. Um, Anything else on the list? Um, not a whole lot. I mean, we saw like a whole bunch of other stuff that was there. Alan Wake 2, that'll probably be interesting. I don't know about that John Carpenter's Toxic Commando. I don't really care about Fortnite. Obviously, they showed off Lies of P and announced the demo, which we played and we'll talk about some more later. Season 3 of The Witcher? I thought Henry Cavill wasn't going to be The Witcher anymore. Season 4, he's not going to be The Witcher. Okay, so I don't have to care about that. (laughs) Yeah, no, Uh, I'm, I'm done with that series. Like, they... With him not in it, I'm not going to watch it. I guess I do want to shout out uh, Path of Exile 2 just because I've been... I, I played it a bit back in the day, but one of my favorite creators, uh, Ziggy D, he is a big Path of Exile streamer and he's really in tune with Grinding Gear games. And just to see that studio have come from like what Path of Exile was like in its beta to what it is now, to what Path of Exile 2 is going to be, this is going to be huge. And then also the boldness to put this out as like a big trailer, like while Diablo four is doing so well, like I like that they're shit saying, you know, Hey, look what we can do. Look what we've got and putting it out there in front of everybody at summer game fest. And I'm mm-hmm. excited to see uh, more information about that. looks like it's coming up July 28th. I guess that's probably going to be exile con or something. Yeah. Did you um did you know uh, Devolver Digital had it showcase as well? Yeah, I saw the short list of stuff they announced and there wasn't anything that caught my attention. I'll look it up again here. Uh, I got the list. You have Wizard with a Gun, which I think we had already seen previews for. You had the Talos Principle 2, a game called Baby Steps. Uh, and then there was also Human Fall Flat 2. Yeah. So nothing, nothing like the prior shows, unfortunately. So. Yeah, was it like a big spectacle? Did you watch it? Was it like a no, fun I, thing? I didn't. I just saw the the overall list like yesterday, and didn't really dive into it because just from a title perspective, I was like, eh, it doesn't seem like prior years, you know, in terms of quality games that they're releasing. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe I'll check out the trailers later. All right, next uh, up- diving in. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Xbox Games Showcase 2023 leaks, rumors, and predictions. This is Den of Geek, and it is Matthew Bird. So, Ryan, kick us off. You're excited. This is happening today after yeah. the podcast, so we actually don't know exactly what's going to be there. So this is mostly uh, rumors, speculation, and then, of course, all of the massive leaks that have been coming out leading up to this, because nobody could keep their mouth shut. Um But we're going to have the Xbox Showcase, which I'm extremely excited for as an Xbox person these days. And we're going to get like its own Starfield showing, which I'm just I'm going to eat that up. I'm just so excited to see what Starfield is going to really be and what it's really going to have to offer, because I've just been so worried that it's going to fall flat and it's going to be fallout in space and it's going to be janky and there's not really going to be anything new and compelling like i was so excited for fallout 4 and then i got fallout 4 and i played like half of it because i was like this is like the same game but not as compelling as new vegas was so it's like 
I, I really want to see that do really well. I, I, I gotta have my hopes high for that. Um, avowed looked really interesting from the little tiny glimpses that we'd seen. And if they can come out and show us some like real killer gameplay, I think that that would do a lot. Cause I, I know that they've had a few games in the last few years. Like my wife's playing Ghostwire Tokyo still. And then there's that um, Avernus game that was showed off last week. But like basically first person shooters, but with like more magic, not guns and stuff. And obviously it avowed he had a sword. It looked really more like, a, you know, Skyrim or, or Elder Scrolls kind of thing. But like a lot of that like first person shooting magic stuff just isn't super compelling but like from that little teaser that they showed us like a couple years ago i was like hmm you know it had a little more edge to it than than what i had seen with some of this other so we'll check that out um silk song that's been on everybody's bingo card for like every showcase that's been going on for the last year everybody's hoping to see some more silk song so hopefully we'll see that and then um, Fable. I mean, Xbox did that teaser thing like a week ago with the glitter trail. And, you know, they showed that CGI trailer like three years ago. But like, I I don't know, John, do you know Fable? Have you played Fable? Uh, years ago, I played a little bit of the first one, but I never really dove into it. So I get the concept of like I being able to turn good one. or bad throughout. Yeah, the first but, yeah, one. It's not. Sorry. <laughs> I'm no, slipping all over you today. No, you're you're good, dude. Uh, no, I really haven't dove into it. I get that the first one is pretty good, though. Yeah, I really liked it. I still to this day think that it may have some of the best DLC and one of the like more interesting villains from what I can remember. I mean, there's a lot of time and nostalgia between that and reality, I'm sure. Uh, but I'm so pumped to be able to play Fable and maybe even be able to share it with my wife because like. I think it's a compelling, interesting, fun game and world, but she is not into like old games and graphics. So having like a modern remix about the only way I could get her to check stuff out. Yeah, it's kind of same boat I'm in, dude. Like, you know, unless it's on a list, right? Like Final Fantasy for my wife, she wants to play them all the way through. Yeah. So she kind of has to go through like the older stuff right before she can get to new stuff. She's very much like I need to play in order of release. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Fable is one of those that I don't think i could really get her into it per se um but maybe i don't know it's backwards compatible in the 360 mm -hmm. so maybe she'll jump in on it yeah i think uh you know without really being able to talk about what happened you know we're going to be just kind of speculating but hopefully you know in his article he's specifically calling out here you know hopefully we'll get that update on about hopefully we'll get that release date for silk song hellblade 2 that's one that's got to be way compelling for you yeah that definitely is and that's one where i'm considering getting like a month of game pass because i just can't justify you know purchasing you know every single month so maybe a month of game pass just to play hellblade uh yeah. on my pc yeah that's one i'm definitely gonna play on pc i think uh he also cites out uh bethesda's indiana jones game and i know that there's been some rumors and talk about this in the last couple of weeks at least from the people i listen to I think that that could be sick, like an Indiana Jones Uncharted kind of game. Like, yeah, except it's Bethesda that's doing it. Right. So it's like, you know, Indiana Jones and you put the 
the little idol on top or the sandbag right on top of the pedestal and the ball is chasing you except the ball glitches out and you die because you can't see where the ball is like that's how i imagine indiana jones made by bethesda yeah or you you pick up the idol and then you break it down into its different parts and use those to modify your whip <laughs> yeah yeah right like smash the idol all right now we have an ultra whip like, yeah yeah i can the crystal skull is no longer just a crystal skull it's like that vodka bottle it looks like a skull like that's that's yeah indiana jones by bethesda i'm not sure how i feel about it now if it was insomniac making indiana jones might be a different different story there yeah hopefully we get all i mean they announced that it's going to be like all gameplay for the most part like there will be some cinematic stuff and it'll be very clearly labeled what's what but um you know hopefully we don't get like movie trailers and tv trailers and stuff like i mean if they're going to show off like the fallout show in a clip like this would definitely be the place that they would do that yeah but you know i just i I don't really care about your movies and TV shows. Like we talked about the twisted metal one and ah, yeah, yeah, totally get it. Well, um, I guess let's see. Do we have our next thing we want to talk about here? Yeah, I think that's really all we could speculate on here. I mean, I think that that showcase is actually starting like right now as we're recording or shortly after here. Yeah, so we're not going to you'll you'll be cut into that a little bit, obviously, but hopefully it's on YouTube so you can just start from the beginning. Yeah. Um, OK, so the next thing here is uh, data shows that most switch owners are women and the gamers react poorly. And this is uh, Zach Zwiezen at Kotaku. And, um, you know, it's let me, do you have the stats up in front of you? I think. It's yeah. Like so I've got it here. So percent. Yeah, New data also reveals that 45% of Xbox owners and 41% of PS5 owners are female too. And this is just so refreshing and compelling to see because we all know those gamer bros that are like, you know, oh, women just play like The Sims and Candy Crush and stuff. And it's like, dude, women can play games. Like, are you still a Neanderthal? No, I don't think so. Like we've all changed over time and we can all do the same things now. Yeah. And I think it's like 50% play PC. If I recall seeing correctly. Yeah. So 47% of console video game players are female. Um, that's plus 1% versus year on average. 50% of PC video game players are female and 54% of mobile game. So there's definitely, you know, a lot of ladies out there playing games. And I think that it sucks that all these gamer bros out there are like making them try to feel shitty or, you know, just being obstinate online and, you know, trying to downplay these numbers and say that they're like, Oh yeah. Cause your mom bought it for you. That's why. Well, no, this was like a survey dude. Like you don't even know how the data was collected before you're calling it out for being wrong. Yeah. And then you, of course, have like the gamer bros that are like, oh, well, I can't hear any women on here, so they must not be gaming. Right. And really what I think kind of amounts down to is a lot of women are probably muted because, well, they just don't want to listen to dicks on the Internet. You know, that's just kind of what it comes down to. Uh, There's also voice changers. Right. I know there's a number of YouTubers that use voice modifiers to do like funny stuff, but there could be some women that are using voice changers because, again, they don't want to hear you and they don't want to deal with all the stupidity it's on there. Like I, I think when I played apex legends a lot, 
I would typically game with women on there because it was a little more mild, right? The discussions were easier. Uh, teamwork was a lot better to go across uh, with those people I played with versus like other guys that were just complete assholes or would yell and profanities and everything else. Like I didn't have that same issue playing with women online. Yeah. Uh, so that was always, and not to say like women don't curse, but there, there seems to be better gaming etiquette from women that I've played with versus guys. Well, there's a big difference right? between, you know, a 13 year old boy on call of duty. Like yeah. I, I just think that like with those numbers, I think that like there's, you know, hopefully a change that could be made or, you know, some steps that could be taken. Like if women knew that there were more women out there as well, and, you know, they all were able to get together and like shout down these gamer bros and just tell them they have small dicks in their incels or something like that would be a way <laughs> better thing than like these guys going on and being like, Oh, you can't even play because you're a girl or whatever. Well, and it's not like, you know, like if you're if you're a big like Call of Duty fan, right, or you play a lot of Fortnite or you play like these big online games, yeah, you might not be playing with women because maybe the percentage of people that are playing those specific games are men. Like my wife doesn't play games online. Mm -hmm. She plays the Harry Potter game. She plays Assassin's Creed. She plays one player games like she doesn't play any multiplayer. I don't play multiplayer games anymore either. I, I really don't either. And your wife doesn't. Mm -hmm. Right. And your wife games. So. You know, yeah, like if they were taking the survey, they would definitely be accounted for in terms of women who own those consoles or play those games. But you wouldn't know otherwise because it's not like they're hopping online playing. Yeah, let's see. So let's see another stat. Let's see how many men read books. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can count me up a zero on that, dude. I haven't read a like straight up read a book and God knows how yeah. long. Well, no, it's been a couple of years. I read The Witcher. Oh, okay. The first Witcher book. And oh, when I you got, were like, visiting your, your in-laws? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. We talked about that. So that's right. We did talk about that last week. Um, no, other than that, I've read like textbooks and stuff in the past. Yeah. And now it's just like editorials, like white papers and whatnot. So the one yeah. really cool fact that I love that they point out in this article here is that Barbie fashion designer outsold Doom and Quake in 1996 and was the ninth best selling PC game of that year. So this is not a new phenomenon by any stretch. Uh, well, I just want to point out, though, what are statistics for men owning consoles versus women during that period of time? This is PC. PC? Yeah. That that's specific to Barbie. Yeah, game? Barbie fashion designer also Doom and Quake in 1996 and was the ninth best selling PC game of that year. So think about that, though. What were the stats of women versus men playing games? Like if if the stats were like very much men, that means there was a lot of dudes out there playing Barbie. That right. Year. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I think that uh, this is a just a thing that we need to move past. And I think that everybody except for that small very defensive angry group of gamer bros is like the one group that will like not let this rest so hopefully we give it another decade by the time the ps6 rolls around we see those stats like you know even better get out there and play games yeah. women enjoy them yeah yeah exactly and, and don't let's... let me tell you what to do either <laughs> uh that was all him that was all him not me Okay, let's dive into our inflation deflation. This week we played Lies of P. I don't believe we played you. the great demo. Uh, the truth of John. <laughs> uh, so it was developed by Round 8 Studio. 
published by NeoWiz Games. Uh, the director is Choi Ji Wan. Um, and then it was, uh, it's got a release of September, 2023. So it's technically not out yet. And if you're listening to this after September of 2023, well, we're sorry you missed the prior episode. Uh, and then, uh, game type. Uh, so you have it as a souls like genre. That's what wiki says. Um, so the wiki for it says souls like, I didn't know souls like was like an official genre category that we were going with. Like, are we bringing back yeah. doom clone also? I guess. I mean, it kind of goes in line with like Metroidvania, right? So, which is pretty much just an action platform. Yeah. It's one of those things. I just, I don't think from like when I go and pull up these, you know, figures to put in here for the outline, I've just never seen souls. Like I was like, that just seems so weird. Like we call it that, but like to define it in wiki as the genre seems like a step above what I would have expected. But I mean, it's a, it's a terminology that applies really well. Like, if you tell anybody souls like they're going to know exactly what you're talking about. And that's exactly what this game is. Yeah. So uh, it is inspired by Carlo Collodi's The Adventures of Pinocchio. Liza P tells the story of a humanoid puppet named Pinocchio who wakes up in an abandoned train station in the city of Krat, engulfed in chaos and madness. Pinocchio must find his creator the master Geppetto and overcome the calamity that has befallen the city trying to become a man. Um, I want to be a real so- boy yeah real boy so pretty much picture uh steampunk pinocchio meets bloodborne or as i like to call it if you ordered bloodborne off of (laughs) wish.com is what this comes out as uh it is really trying hard to be bloodborne i mean it really is uh from multiple aspects uh in terms of like the gritty look of the city and like you know tattered up puppets that are kind of going around attacking even the like mechanical dogs that are there like it's all bloodborne in that first area um the only difference being like it's a steampunk world versus kind of like this archaic type of world that you get in blood yeah the bloodborne like i feel like the feralness of like even just like the villagers hair and then like the absolute like craziness of like the big wolf monsters and stuff like, I feel like that really comes off in a more compelling way than kind of like the clean design of them being like animatronics and stuff in this. So yeah. it's like that's I feel like the part that really kind of pulls back from the Bloodborne for me is that Bloodborne, like the spectacle just seemed so much more over the top from the beginning and like wild and ruthless in the enemies. Whereas this is very much like, oh, I don't know. It's like a decent looking like cop robot with a stop sign. And he's trying to slap me with it. Like, I just don't, I don't feel that intimidation and fear like from bloodborne, even though otherwise it's exactly the same. Yeah. Like even down to the detail of like the dogs are like hanging out, doing nothing and like maybe eating something or like mangling something up and you come by and then they go to attack you. Right. Even the action they take at jumping on you feels exactly the same as bloodborne. You also have like some of these animatronic, like, like you said, like police, like guys, some of them have no heads, Mm -hmm. right. And they chase you, but like, they're just kind of chilling out, sitting on the ground and they stand up like they do in bloodborne and attack you. I think there's even a one that shoots bullets, which is also in bloodborne. Um, so it's it definitely is bloodborne but with puppets what about the combat? what do you think about the combat it's sluggish in my opinion i think it's a little sluggish. is it weird that there's Um, two attack buttons uh, no other souls games have like because it's like the right trigger is like one kind of attack but then the right shoulder is 
just also another kind of attack with your sword, but you have to use that one to do the sneak attack. And the other one you could charge up to do like, like a charge hit. And then you could also hit Y to do like a different kind of attack. Like there's a lot of different attacks that you're doing. And like some things weren't very clear. Like, I, I, I don't know when I play a demo, I don't really jump through all the mechanics and read everything and stuff because a lot of that might change. And I just, I got too attached to the Final Fantasy 15 demo when that came out. And I was so disappointed by the reality of what changed. I just don't really get too into demos anymore. Yeah, there's there's quite a bit in this one. So, I mean, it's pretty much giving you the entire intro. I imagine if I was to finish it, it would say, oh, you can now transfer this data over to it when it comes out. You know, Did you beat that boss? September. I did. I beat the first boss. Yeah. There's two bosses in the demo. I didn't beat the second one. Oh, yet. I didn't even get um, to the second boss yet. Did you beat the first boss? Yeah, the big uh, circus guy. Yeah, the master puppet yeah, yeah. or whatever, puppet master or whatever it's called. Um, yeah, and then you get into that, you get into the crap hotel mm-hmm. and you're obviously yeah. I started doing some upgrades and stuff. I thought it was yeah. weird. Like, so the first Stargazer, which is like the game's equivalent to bonfires, you're about to point out what you I was got going to, to, and as you well. can level up. But then all the yeah. other ones, you you can't level up at them. I I don't know what's up with that. Like, I just don't understand. Is that a matter of like, it's the demo or? Yeah, I thought it was a glitch. Because like, once I got to the hotel, I was like, okay, I could talk to the lady. But like, in Bloodborne, didn't you have to go back to the the Hunter's Dream and level up there? Like, you couldn't level up just at the the little lanterns, right? Uh, no, you had to level up at the Hunter's Dream place, yeah. I think maybe, is is Elden Ring the only game that you could just level up anywhere? No, Dark Souls you could level up anywhere. But didn't you have to go to the Fire Link Shrine and talk to the Maiden to level up? No. no. You could just level up yeah, at the bonfires? Would... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, level up at bonfires. Um. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, it, and... I thought it felt yeah. weird. I was like, this is weird. Like, shouldn't I just be able to level up here? Yeah. And then like, I even went as far as like to travel back to the, where I was at before the original stargazer and I couldn't level up there either. I thought, Oh, maybe I just can't level up at this one, but then yeah. And like, you just beat the boss and you get all of those parts, right? Materials, I think is what they call in this game. And you couldn't level up with what you just did. So it was like, that's kind of dumb. Yeah. Uh, It's weird that they would introduce it in one way. And then that's not really the way it works and take it away. I mean, maybe as you progress out of there, you can level up again at another stargazer. I just didn't leave Krat hotel. Like, cause I had to feed the baby and I'm recording with you. Um, but uh, overall, you know, the different items that you have, you have like the injection type shots, right? So you got the pulse one, which gets your health back. And then there's another one. I forget what it's called, but it allows you to refill that special attack meter, which if you hit triangle like three times, he does several slashes and then like uh, swings his sword up and does like flames. Oh. Right. I imagine out of the three, did you pick the, which one did you pick? I picked out of the, the three cricket style. Okay. I picked the, the big sword style. And so maybe it's different to cricket style, but if you do hit three times with that special attack, it'll allow you to do several slashes in blue and then a flame shot up top. And I dealt like 600 something damage each time I did that. Um, so it's quite a bit. Uh, and maybe the style is different in terms of speed and not as sluggish on the cricket style, but like the big sword style, it did feel kind of sluggish to me. Uh, even like the the dodging and all of that. Luckily, there's a few months left, right? The game's not completely done. There's going to be additional patches and work that needs to be put into this. So it'll be interesting to see like what the final results are in terms of reviews. Um, but I would say as of right now, 
Uh, it's on my list as a game that I want to play. Is it a day one purchase? Probably not. Like just based off the demo that I played, like it's compelling enough, but it's it's too much like Bloodborne. Yeah, I want right to see now. other people's reactions because you're reacting exactly the same way that I kind of reacted, but I haven't heard anybody else talk about it yet. So I'm wondering if it's just us and everybody else is super hooked or or what's going on. I can't imagine. I think that the souls like the souls like genre, I think, has to change. I think that, you know the main studio behind it realized that and they put out Elden Ring, which is just so compelling and above and beyond that. I think that just doing the same souls like thing again is really going to kind of get lost in, you know, making things newer and bigger, like the souls like kind of linear, but you know, with an, a very interconnected world that you can, you know, go back and go this way and unlock this shortcut and stuff. It has all of that, but that's still, it doesn't feel like what I want the next gen. Like that feels like what the last gen was. And it was really great then, but like, give me more yeah. next newer, open it up, do something else. Like I thought it was kind of yeah, interesting. I they have a sword sharpening mechanic, which is kind of like a throw over to monster hunter. So yeah, and the short start that adds a little more like a, a greater level of difficulty, I feel, to the game as well. Mm -hmm. Like having that sword sharpening that you have to focus on in battle actually kind of makes things a little harder. Like that first boss battle wasn't really hard. I leveled up quite a bit um, just to make sure I could get past it with no problem. And it took me a couple tries, right? Because I just had to get that pattern down, right? Um, but the sword sharpening really just kind of made it difficult, right? Like you had to keep dodging over and over. Okay, sword sharpen, sword sharpen. All right, cool. I can start attacking again. And then there were several times I got down to the red because I was blocking attacks, right? And oh, John, you just don't block. Don't you know how to play games? You don't block. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. So I tried I to block when I could. Like there's actually like a, a special block where if the enemy turns red uh, and attacks you, if you just get that key block in place at the right time, it'll deal zero damage uh but i wasn't able to get it on the boss because yeah. i just did not have the balls to do that in that boss battle i was like i just want to get past it i died once um and then i used like i bought one of those electric things from that guy did like half his health in like almost no time and then i just what? threw everything in my inventory at him and i didn't know that was a thing yeah the the one guy sells basically like bolt paper for your sword oh shit yeah oh i didn't know that well, fuck. There's a lot less old going on and a lot more going on in certain ways. So, like, I think it's interesting. Uh, the weapons are all like a blade and a hilt. And you can, I mean, I didn't do it in the game yet, but like you can change those parts out to modify the weapons and make them different. Um, there's a lot of different stats going on, but it seems like less stats than a traditional like mm -hmm. Soulsborne game. So I think there will be yeah, less there's... confusion on having to manage those types of things. Yeah, I did notice that. It's very much like, I think there's like six or seven. There's not a lot, mm -hmm. right? In comparison to some of, at least it feels like it, uh, in comparison to some of those other games. Now, we obviously didn't get into deeper details like that we will overall, like with um, customizations of weapons, like you get that ability. There's different items, of the course, arm. and how you access. You got kind of like a Sekido. Yeah kind of like arm tool that it's like you get a few uses of and you're going to change that arm part out for different parts but like it really wasn't that great like the first one's like a grappling hook but you don't use it as a grappling hook like you could shoot it at an enemy and pull them closer 
but the enemy can't be on the ground. It can't be one of the larger enemies. It doesn't work on the boss. It doesn't do much damage. And I don't know how to recharge it. Yeah, I didn't know how to recharge it either. So maybe, and, and that's part of what I noted too. When playing, it's like, I just didn't have that ability to say, oh, I want to keep using my L2. Mm -hmm. Like once it was out, it was out. Um, I don't know. It's a demo, right? Like we'll, we'll get more of it down the road. Um, I think if I had to choose right now between like playing this and Wulong fine, um, uh, what the hell is it called? Yeah, Fallen Dynasty. I think I choose Wulong right mm -hmm. now uh, in terms of games to play of that style. Uh, but we'll we'll see. You know, when it comes out. You know, I don't. Did we have it noted? Like how much this is going to come out on, on release? I'm assuming uh, it's going to be seventy. Yeah, it's probably going to be sixty or seventy. I don't know. Yeah. So I, you know, I think right now, play it by ear. See what the reviews Check are. Check out the demo. You know, it's a pretty decent yeah. demo. It gives you like a good look at the game and the systems. Like, I think the biggest thing for me with this game was like, I only died once in like an hour plus. And like, I'm yeah. not great at Souls games. Like the fact that like I just kind of walked through this was like very much like either I've gotten good, bro, or this game just isn't really all there. Yeah, it, it was in terms of Souls games, it was fairly easy or Souls like games. It was fairly easy. Uh, that could just be accessibility in the demo to get people interested, right? If you make it balls yeah. hard, nobody's going to want to buy it. So if you kind of make it seem like, yeah, this is something everybody can play and then you get them in and it's like, what the hell am I playing? Um, you know, we'll, we'll see. Difficulty wise, I don't know, like maybe there's going to be difficulty settings as well, right? For this game, which would be unlike any other type of Souls-like game that I've ever played. So... But yeah, so we're assuming 60, 70 bucks release. That would probably be a correct assumption based on current game prices. I think as of right now, um, my rating would be inflated at 60 to $70. Um, you know, it's, I've never heard of Round 8 Studio or NeoWiz games. Um, I, I don't know what they've done in the past. Maybe they've done great work. Uh, don't care to look at it right now, but uh you know, there doesn't seem to be like that backing of like, oh, we've put out like tons of games like this and you're going to get this stellar experience uh, through, you know, this game moving forward. And I've had my eye on this for a while, by the way, when it was first announced. So it's not like I'm a stranger to this particular game and uh, and haven't had any interest. So I'm happy I got to play the demo in advance. Uh, a lot of games nowadays, you don't really get to play demos. It's just kind of out and then you deal with the reviews after the fact. Uh, so yeah, this is only their check out the second reviews. game. They did a game in 2019 called Bless Unleashed. There you go. So like you're, they're hyping up a studio that doesn't really have. Well, I mean, every you know, every portfolio. game studio that made a really good game their first time. You know, they, yeah, they were in the I same mean, boat. <laughs> I, I totally get it. But a lot of studios, you normally have like a few small titles that have kind of built up to like that big title. And this is. You know, hey, we're going to hype this thing up as like this 700 plus what? people employed. Well, damn. So it's a big studio that I've knows? never heard of. Right. There you go. And like, if this is the only thing they've done, then they're really banking on this game to do really well. So uh, hopefully it is what we want and it is a great game and they polish it up and it's worth the 60, 70 dollars. But as it stands right now. I think that's an inflated price point. I personally would not be spending 60, 70 bucks on this game at release. Uh, I'm going to wait a little bit for these reviews. And then, you know, if reviews come back and they're 
10 out of 10, 9 out of 10, like this is the best game ever since, you know, X, then that's compelling enough for me to say I'm going to dive in. But as it stands right now, I I would not be buying this day one. Mm -hmm. I made that mistake with games like Biomutant. Yeah, yeah, you did. (laughs) Pre-ordering. So I'm going to I'm going to hold on this one as as much as I want to play and continue on. I'm also hesitant for sure. And also given the whole like Bloodborne clone type of atmosphere, I mean, it really does feel like Bloodborne from Wish. So, yeah. Uh, what about yourself? Inflated, deflated, just right? Mm, I mean, it's so hard to say. I mean, for what we played, I'm going to go ahead and just say just right. Like, I think that in the vast spectrum of games and, you know, especially souls like games, there's probably some bad ones. There's probably some good ones. This one doesn't seem offensively bad or extremely good so i'm just gonna throw it in the middle for now okay sounds good all right well not sure what we're playing next week uh we'll figure that out later but this has been episode 239 of the game flares podcast my name is john I'm ryan and thanks for listening